welcome to the Conscious Business Leader Show. I'm Anna Choi, founder and CEO of Conscious Business Coaching, helping high achieving business leaders prevent burnout to grow in flow. Our firm empowers the next generation of global leaders who will cause a tipping point in elevating humanity's consciousness. Join us for the end of the show, where we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing business inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Ready? Let's go. Today, we have the pleasure of having Hannah Pryor of Priority Group with us today. How are you, Hannah? I'm good. Thanks, Gabby. Nice to meet you. Nice to have you. Thank you so much. So please just start us off by telling us about yourself and what exactly is Priority Group? Yes. So I am an executive coach and sales performance trainer in the Philadelphia metro area. I have been in business for myself technically for just under two years. It's following a lucrative 14-year career in staffing and sales. And, uh, you know, it was really my mission to make coaching accessible to more people. It seemed like it was one of those things that was only for the C-suite or for directors who had buy-in from their you know, company budgets. And I really think it's so transformative to have people in your corner that have you know, the background in coaching or can understand where you need development or training. And so it's been honestly a, a joy in the last two years to partner with a bunch of different leaders, a bunch of different sales organizations to just figure out how do we get from here to here, whether it's on mindset, whether it's on money, you know, all of the above. So that's, that's what I'm up to now. Okay. So you spoke a little bit about as far as serving um, leaders and Mm -hmm. business people and businesses and sales, who exactly do you serve? Like who would fit as far as your clientele? Yeah. So I've kind of got two main audiences that I serve. So on the leadership and executive coaching side, I tend to focus a lot with women, Um, you know, women in business, women in any sort of professional capacity. The statistics while improving are still grim. You know, they don't have the seat at the table at the leadership level. So a lot of the passion that I have is around once women get to leadership and get a seat at the table, A, how do we keep them there? And B, how do we send the elevator back down for other women who want to get a seat at the table? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's half of my business. The other half is frankly in line with where I was previously, which was a, a sales organization. So people are taught in the sales world sort of how to show up a certain way, how to sell their product through information, how to address objections. And somewhere along the way, this human element gets lost a lot of times. And so, um, you know, they're actually very similar, the two sides of my business. When it comes to the sales organizations, a lot of the training I do is through coaching. You know, how do you connect with your prospects on the emotional level that they want to be understood at and be heard, you know, and that's, that's the disconnect a lot of times with people who really crush it in sales and people who don't. And so really those two areas are where I spend most of my time. Okay. And so Where did that come from as far as just wanting to build that emotional connection for people and just to have more of that consciousness as well? Yeah, no, I I always have been pretty, you know, interested in my own Mm self-development. I think, you know, from, from a young age, I knew there was something that I had that made me successful in sales, but I had trouble putting my finger on it. Mm -hmm. I also, you know, in the same vein, I had something that made me sort of move up the ranks as a professional woman, but I had trouble putting my finger on it. So over my 14 year career at my previous firm, people would always ask me, you know, how is it that you achieve the results that you do? And you Mm -hmm. don't seem to work triple the hours like everyone else does. 
And, you know, I'll be totally honest. I didn't know how to answer that question. I had a hard time when people asked me that because in my vantage point, I was doing the same thing that everyone else was Mm -hmm. yet their results maybe wouldn't move as fast or go as high. And after, you know, the last few years of reflection, what I realized is I have always been very authentically me, both Mm -hmm. internally with my teams and with my prospects. And so if I saw fear or resistance, I would call it out. I would talk about it. I wouldn't try to, you know, push through it as though it wasn't there. Right. And and in that way, while it seems like the most obvious and simple of things, it's something a lot of salespeople aren't trained to do. Mm-hmm. And so I immediately built rapport and trust and deep relationships with everyone I worked with, both internally and as clients, in a way that served me you know, hand over fist, right? even though others weren't doing it. <laughs> right. And so yeah. like you said, it's just that deepness to it. I feel like a lot of people miss that. It's just, yes, of course, there's simple steps, but really taking the more complicated steps as far as relationships, mm-hmm. that's really how you can get so much more benefits rather than, okay, we have to do this for sales and this for yeah. profits. It's like there can be profits, quote unquote, in so many other areas that really will be beneficial down the line. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to misspeak. I think a lot of salespeople are very good at developing relationships. Mm -hmm. So it's not to say that they don't develop relationships Mm -hmm. too. They do. I think there's an opportunity to go one layer deeper. I think there's Mm -hmm. a lot of training in sales about, you know, build a relationship, build rapport, but it's almost like stay at this corporate level, (laughs) you know, make sure you stay above this invisible line of, you know, don't get too raw. Don't get too real. Don't get too emotional because you still want to be perceived as the expert where, I think that I don't believe those things are mutually exclusive. I think you can absolutely be the expert Mm -hmm. and get really raw and really real and say, hey, Mr. Client, this thing is a hot mess. Mm -hmm. And I am so sorry that this happened. It was all my fault. And I feel like a jerk. You know, like you should be able to say that to somebody that you're in partnership with. But somehow we get so caught up in our own you know, expertise and how we're perceived that it's at the expense sometimes of going that one layer deeper. So you know, relationships are there. How do we take it to that next level of authentic, authentic connection? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And so with that being said, I'm curious, what does being a conscious business leader mean to you? Yeah, to me, honestly, it's application to your entire business life. And so I'll explain a little bit what I mean. One of my passions in my own business right now on the training and development side actually is around the writing bit. So I have a a training program that I take sales professionals through that teaches how to write effective sales messaging. Here's why that's related. I think a lot of people have started to recognize that when you're with someone in person, you you should be open, you should be authentic. But I feel strongly that there's a lot of other applications and the way we communicate in 2020, and it's not always extended to those applications. So Personally, I'm very passionate about teaching how do we connect and be emotionally invested and feel, you know, a line of trust through the written word. You know, how, how do we do it in formats that are not just you and me sitting, looking each other in the mm-hmm. eye? It has to start to exist more holistically. And so I have a lot of passion around bringing that sort of consciousness to all of our mediums, mm-hmm. not just the obvious ones. Mm-hmm. Do you think that puts you a little bit ahead maybe then when you know, the circumstances we're in right now dealing with COVID, like you said, we don't have that one-on-one and face-to-face interaction as much. Do you think as far as having across the mediums, I'm sure that's helped a lot now that you're kind of- 100%. Yeah. I mean, humbly, I have 
grown a business very quickly this mm-hmm. year in COVID, you know, and in the circumstances that most would describe as, you know, you, you shouldn't be achieving success, you know, the way you are in this. Right. But I, I recognize that people still want to be communicated with. Are they as apt to want to have a 30 minute phone call when their energy is low and their kids might still be doing virtual school? Right. Probably not, you know, but do they still want to feel that you're there and that you see them and that you hear them? Yes, but it's through a different medium and it's through a different format. So that's given me a huge advantage this year. And frankly, I attribute that skill to where a lot of my success came from in my 14-year staffing career. Mm-hmm. You know, just the ability to connect at that level allowed me to get more results out of less, you know, smiling and dialing and phone time, which yeah. was a huge help. Yeah, I can imagine. So I'm curious out of all the work that you have done, if you can think of one, maybe a couple, what are your yeah. favorite client success stories? Oh gosh. I mean, anytime. <laughs> so, so again, I have two sides to my business. So if it's okay, I'll give you one from each side. Yes, so please. anytime a woman who, you know, knows she's smart and knows she's competent, but has dealt with like a load of imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. anytime she goes up to bat for something that she really wants and gets it, you know, whether it's, a promotion or a big project or a big raise, you know, to me, there's no greater victory than seeing someone hurdle that fear that was holding them back of this thing that they wanted so badly and had catastrophized in their mind. Like, mm-hmm. how is this going to go? It's going to be so hard. And then to see them get it and say, not only did I get it, it felt great. You know, it felt really good. Like mm-hmm. those, those are my favorite moments. Um, and frankly, on the the performance and sales side of the coin, you know, for me, my mission there is greater. I think obviously when you do this well, you get better results and you get, you know, higher revenue and you make more money as a sales professional. But more than that, the people you serve have a way better experience. Mm -hmm. They think you're a true partner. They think you're a friend. And so my favorite moments is that when one of my, you know, previous clients on that side Mm -hmm. will send a communication or they'll talk to the client a certain way and they get a response like, man, you really get me or you're, you know, so different from everyone I've talked to. Anytime I get one of those forwarded, I'm like, yes, this is is what's going to make the industry better for everyone. So those moments are so satisfying to me. Yes. And so kind of on the flip side, what are maybe then some of the challenges that people really have to tackle in making that transformation for themselves and for their businesses? Yeah. So honestly, it's the same on both sides. It's fighting the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so for, for women in leadership or professional women, it's historically the seat at the table hasn't been there for them. And so they don't have that many people upstream that they can go to as models, you know, especially if we talk about women of color or diverse women, there's just not that many examples of people above them that they can look to as, all right, let me try to emulate that. It's statistically, they're just not that many right. yet. So, you know, it becomes difficult to step into a new place when you don't have a model of how to do it. And so it feels bigger and riskier. And so, you know, that, that can stop people from actually Mm -hmm. making the changes they want to make or moving in the direction they want to go. Um, Really the exact same logic applies to the, the performance training, which is this previous way has served me for so long, or at least it's served me well enough. It's kept me safe that the idea of doing something new that feels risky is scary. So 
you know, is it safe for me to do? Should I do it? And once people kind of get out of their own way, yes. the results <laughs> happen. You know, it's the same thing, just sort of different application. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really just getting people out of their own way and trying to get them to stretch into their edge and out, of, out of their comfort zone. Absolutely. And so would you say you're optimistic as far as those t- statistics that eventually, yeah. you know, young little girls and as people in general have those people above mm-hmm. them where they see I can be in these spaces. I can be yeah. in these positions rather than right now. We're kind of the ones, you know, setting the paving the way yeah. little by little. It's just are you optimistic about that? Absolutely. Future? I think yeah. just look at you look at you and I and look who is about to be VP in yeah. the White House. You know, I, I right. feel so hopeful that mm-hmm. there's more and more every day folks stepping into those roles, women, women of color, you know, the LGBT community starting to have visibility at leadership. Every, every, you know, marginalized group is starting to see that traction. And is it slow going some days? Absolutely. But all it takes is one person and then another person and another person. And frankly, these women in coaching are so interested in sending that elevator back down. Right. And that to me is, that's all you need to know. Like it speaks volumes about the direction that we're headed as a collective and the way that there's this emphasis on let's ride this wave, let's ride this momentum. And so I am, I am hopeful. I think COVID has been challenging in that it sent some women, you know, out of the workforce due to circumstances. You know, there was a a number that I read, um, I was like, you know, a couple thousand, something like 8,000 women in a month alone left the workforce. You know, that, Mm -hmm. that, hurt. It was like, um, you know, months of pro or decades of progress sort of wiped out in a few months. So that was hard, but I also know that women are scrappy and resilient and they'll, they'll, they'll they'll make their way back, you know? Absolutely. And so we talked about being optimistic about the future in general, but for your business, what is your vision for the next three to five years? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I have a very different answer to that question than I think most people expect. So one of the things that has made this year, you know, frankly, wildly successful for me was the fact that I didn't over-engineer my goals for it. I, I have always found that in my life, you know, to have a big mission and a big purpose to move towards is important. And I'll mention that, but the last few years for me have been about experimentation and making small bets. Okay. So I was very quick to say, I'm not this exclusively. So you've heard me now say already, I have two sides to my business, you know, and I enjoy both of them equally. So I intend to keep it that way. I don't intend to sort of dial in on one. Um, But it's that very permission to experiment and try things that has led to my greatest happiness in in the people that I serve. And so, you know, what I'll say for sure is the next few years, I want to stay in integrity with that spirit of, you know, if serving women and working with sales professionals continues to feel good, which I expect it will, I'm going to stay with that. Um, If adding to that catalog feels good, I might do that too. You know, I I think what's most important in this next chapter in the next few years, as it takes shape is leaning into playfulness and experimentation, because that's what this new phase in my career is about. Wonderful. I'm so excited for the future of your business and just the future overall for everyone. So Hannah Pryor, thank you so much. And uh, it's prioritygroup.com, correct? Is that the Mm -hmm. best platform to go to for more information? Yes. And I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if anyone wants to chat or learn more, I'd love to, to meet them and they can link up with me there. Wonderful. Hannah Pryor again, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. So good to meet you. You as well. 
Thanks for listening to the Conscious Business Leader Podcast. If you're a conscious business leader or entrepreneur who would like to be on the program, please visit annasunchoy.com slash apply. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. And if you do that, tag us with the hashtag conscious business leader. Now, can you also hook us up now to your podcast player and just give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. Your feedback helps us better empower that next generation of global leaders to cause a tipping point in elevating humanity's consciousness through being a loving presence. While you're at it, hit the subscribe button. You know why? Because each week you're going to be inspired and energized 15 minutes a day. My name is Anna Choi. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at annasunchoi.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Conscious Business Leader Movement. Thank you.